Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in 1 Corinthians 7. And uh, before we start reading, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and for watching over us. And thank you for, for loving us and never giving up on us. I'm grateful, Lord, that that you love me and you care about me. And sometimes, Father, I just wonder why. And I feel like I'm just not meeting and living the life that you want me to live. And yet, I'm reminded daily that it's my heart that, that, that desires you and to do your will that matters. That, Lord, I just thank you for, for that reminder each and every day. Because sometimes I just wonder if I just can't, if I just can't, you know, I'm the one that can't be changed or the one that, that is not good enough. But it's a matter of loving you, and that's what you want. Of course, it says love your God, you know, love God with your whole heart and whole being. And sometimes I don't know how to do that. I feel like in a lot of ways, Father, I've kind of missed the boat at times. But Lord, you never give up on me, and I thank you. And I just pray as we read that as we read these words about marriage, that you would be there, that you would open our hearts and our minds. It'd be your wisdom we hear. And nothing for me. So, Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, sometimes when I pray, you can kind of tell where I'm where I'm at. Struggling a little bit at times with the fact that I just don't feel like I'm that I'm the the right person. I'm doing the right things for God, and then I get reminded he's I can't earn my way into his into his grace. I can't earn my way and be a good enough person, but that I need to really just trust in him to change my heart and to help me, you know, to be the person that he wants me to be. Because at times I feel like I'm just not, you know, I, I forget to think about him. Um, at times, at times I just don't love my neighbors at all. And, uh, so it's really a challenge at times. And I was traveling for work and work, you know, I just all of a sudden I caught myself at the end of the day and I'd never even thought about God or if I did, it was pretty minimal. And so anyways, it's just kind of where I've been at and, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back reading and broadcasting because I think God knows. And he told me to do this because it's good for me, you know, it's yeah, it's just good for me to do, and it keeps me committed. So we're now heading into a section of First Corinthians, where Paul is addressing some issues and concerns and topics that were raised by the Corinthians. And as we know, the Corinthian society is pretty is pretty hedonistic, and so people are confused about you know a lot of different elements, and they ask some practical questions in a letter that was sent to, to Paul. And so here's where he begins addressing some of those questions. And one of them is around sex and marriage. And so there's a lot here. And when I was married and I was younger, I th- didn't understand this. I misunderstood a lot when I was younger and still do now that I'm old. But I just thought this was, that was good and important. 
And so from the ESV expository uh, commentary I'm going to read, where they write, This section addresses the fifth of ten major issues in 1 Corinthians, sex and marriage, staying single, getting divorced, and getting married. What ties this constellation of matters together is the general principle to stay where God has called you. That is, God's readers, or I'm sorry, that is Paul's readers, should stay in the condition they are right now. And But he does list exceptions all along the way. He writes, those who are married should continue marital relations. Widowers and widows should stay unmarried. Christians who are married <clears throat> to Christians should stay married. Christians who are married to non-Christians should also stay married. Those circumcised should stay circumcised, while those uncircumcised should stay uncircumcised. Those who are bondservants should stay bondservants, while those who, who are free should stay free. Those who are engaged but not yet married should stay unmarried. Unmarried women should stay married. I'm, I'm sorry, married women should stay married, while widows should stay unmarried. So there's a lot there, right? And there's exceptions all, all along the way. So let's, let's get into this and let's start reading at verse 1. Now for the matters you wrote about. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. And I remember always getting arguments in, or hearing arguments from people who were trying to say that, that the Bible is oppressive to women. And I read this and I'm just like, um, women are, are treated just like men by God. Right here, the husband doesn't have rights over his own body, but his wife does, and vice versa, the husband over his wife's body. It's not one way, it's both ways. So it's just, to me, it's really, it's interesting because so many times I've heard this scripture, but only that first part, never the second part, when someone was saying that the Bible was, was male-dominated. Verse 5. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you, because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gifts from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to, to, better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest I say this, I, not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her unbelieving husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, 
but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your whether you will save your husband or how do you know husband whether you will save your wife nevertheless each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the lord has assigned them just as god has called them this is the rule i lay down in all the churches was a man already circumcised when he was called he should not become uncircumcised was a man uncircumcised when he was called he should not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commandments is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can, gain your freedom. If you can gain your freedom, do so. For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who who was free when called is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person, as responsible to God, should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned, and if, if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. An unmarried man, oh, unmarried man, is is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably towards the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning, they should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion, but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, 
but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is, and I think that I too have the Spirit of God. So, a lot there. Um, But what what I take away from that is that God treats men and women equally. He loves them. He gives them the same freedom, and he holds them accountable in the same ways. There's no differentiation, really, in in his love and treatment of men and women. There is no giving one dominance over the other. They're equal. And that's what I really understand and take away when I read the Bible. And it's when I think about the way God looks at each of us. He loves each and every one of us. We're all equal in his sight. And that's the amazing element here. Each one of us is important to him, and he loves each and every one of us. And with that, let's go back to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today, and thank you for your your love. Thank you for treating each of us so well and caring about each of us. I just lift up this time, I lift up this reading, and I pray that it would go out, and it would go out to all that need to hear it, and that the message, message would be yours that it be your wisdom and nothing for me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.